Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. And um, that's kind of crazy since we just launched the podcast. But I wanted to be real with you guys. I want to be transparent with you guys. And it has been one crazy motherfucking month. And uh, the episode today, I mean, I got so many notes written down on this piece of paper. Let me just go through some of these. Personal growth, massive things going on in my personal life, inner child trauma, focusing my energy to the masculine, friends, surfing, deep work, porn addiction. We have got a lot to talk about in this episode. And if you're new to the show, welcome. It's not always this intense, but in today's episode, I really want to share with you guys what's been going on in my personal life just in the last month, um, because not sharing it with you guys has been really weighing on my mind. Um, I feel like I'm not living in, in, thought, in authenticity. And I really wanted to just get it out there and start 2022 feeling fresh, feeling recharged, and with my mission kind of reestablished. So with that all considered, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to High Ticket Podcast Rebels, where we cut the crap, laugh at our own jokes, and show high ticket coaches just how easy it is to build a 30K a month coaching business using nothing but a podcast. Ready to scale your coaching business to multiple six, seven, or even eight figures? Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. And um, like I said, this is a little bit of an unconventional unconventional episode um, because I really just want to get very real with you guys about what's been going on in my personal life. And the last few weeks, I've actually taken completely off from the business, um, which is very strange, very rare. Um, you know, a lot of people don't take time for themselves, especially in this online marketing game. Um, and in upcoming episodes, I'm also going to be doing a recap of, you know, 2021 as an overhaul to give you guys some context. It was um, not a great year for us financially. Um, and I'm going to share more of that in the future, but there were some really big revelations, some amazing things that happened, our best ever week in business, uh, as well as some downsides. And in the next couple of weeks, I want to share more of that realness, more of the transparency with you guys, because this is what it means to be an entrepreneur. You are going to face all of this stuff if you haven't already faced it. And uh, it is not this gradual upwards path that so many people portray it to be. And uh, I think it's important that people share the real things that are going on. And so for the last few weeks, um, I've been going through a, a pretty intense personal life battle. Um, and when I say a battle, it really is just a battle of the internal will. Um, as I come to the realization that things in my life are going to be changing and are going to be a lot different to the way they were before. Um, many of you guys will know um, that in the last year, uh, I got into a beautiful relationship with um, Julia and, you know, we uh, lived together. We had Maya, our dog together in the house. And um, honestly, I was very happy. You know, I think we had a beautiful relationship and um, everything in my mind at the time was, you know, perfect. You know, I was massively in love. Everything was going great. Um, and then, you know, three or four weeks ago, um, and actually maybe a little bit longer than that now, you know, we, we began to talk and things became clear that um, things weren't just right. Um, and around about three weeks ago from the time that I'm recording this, um, me and Julia actually decided to um, break up. Now, that isn't going to affect the vast majority of you guys at home, um, but it was a really big thing for me. Um, and I just couldn't even focus. I couldn't concentrate. And if any of you guys have ever been broken up with and not been the person that breaks up, uh, in my past relationship, I was previously in a relationship with um, an, another lady 
for about three and a half, four years. And I was actually the person that broke up with her in my previous relationship. And this time, you know, I kind of was the person that was being broken up with. And so I think it's a really interesting, different dynamic in the way that you approach these situations, mostly because I think, and if you guys have ever experienced this, you know, if you're thinking in your mind that you maybe don't want to be with somebody anymore, there's usually a lot of internal processing that goes on, right? You're thinking about it for a few weeks, maybe even a few months, in some cases, maybe a few years. And then, you know, when you eventually pull the trigger, it's not a surprise, but it's still uncomfortable. And, you know, when you are the person that's on the receiving end, sometimes it can come as a bit of a surprise. And for me, you know, it was a really big surprise. Um, And, you know, the good news is, you know, me and Julia actually have a really, really, um, you know, strong relationship. You know, we enjoy being around each other. We enjoy, you know, conversation. And and I, I think honestly, when we um, separated, I think both of us really missed each other. Um, and I and I think that it was a really, really strange situation, but we both decided to give each other a lot of space, to give each other a lot of um, respect, um, because it's really difficult, you know, to get over and do something that was difficult. And what was really interesting, and I'm not going to talk too much about the details, um, there actually isn't any um, big, you know, event that caused the breakup to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm really big into transparency. And so I'll share with you guys. And in this episode today, I'm going to delve into my personal side of the relationship. I'm going to talk about, you know, where I got to personally. And the reason I want to share this with you guys is that I think there are some lessons to take away. I don't want this to be just an episode where I'm talking about myself and, and, you know, kind of dwelling on this. But the reason I wanted to record this episode is that I actually think there's some really deep, profound lessons that I've learned after coming out of this relationship just in the first two, three weeks. And it is still really fresh. I'm still processing it. I'm still going to be, you know, diving deeper into myself to understand this more. But it it was a little bit of a wake up call for me on some of the ways that I am inside of uh, relationships. And it actually helped me to reprioritize where I wanted to focus my energy when it comes to personal growth. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But overall, you know, the reason that we decided to separate was that uh, Julia just didn't feel like she was growing. You know, she felt stagnated. She felt stuck. And, you know, she knew that in order to continue to grow, she had to be by herself and actually really respect her for that decision. I think most people would stay in a easy relationship where things are going well, but she took the hard decision to say, no, like I I understand that I need to grow and I need to do that by myself. And actually there's a lot of growth that I'm going to be going through at the same time. And so I want to talk a little bit about this. um, And I want to talk about, you know, what it made me realize about the way I am and where that sparked this kind of desire to go deeper into the personal growth. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of my own, you know, trauma and challenges today. I'm going to talk a little bit about something I've recently been learning a little bit more about, which is the inner child. Um, And apparently we all have an inner child. It's the version of us as, as kids. And what was really interesting is the more work I do on my inner child, the more I learn that the way I am in a relationship is because of the way I was uh, when I was a kid. And so it's really interesting how these um, polarities line up. And the reason it's so important to understand, in my opinion, is that it actually ties almost directly into business. Um, A lot of people who are incredibly successful are successful because of some kind of trauma that happened in their life. 
uh, one of the big reasons that I am incredibly successful in what I do, you know, compared to my family, compared to the people in my past, you know, compared to um, all the other, you know, people that have uh, been in my space before in my own family, you know, compared to other people online, maybe not as successful, but certainly from where I came from to where I am, I feel like there's been really big growth. One of the reasons why is because of some of the trauma I went through as a kid. And, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that today and I want to kind of share about it. And so the first thing I want to talk about is these last couple of weeks of personal growth. And I have a friend, Nate, we, we sometimes go out and we walk on the beach together every morning. And one of the things that Nate does is he works with couples and, and he helps them when they're in this kind of roommate phase, right? Where they, uh, you know, don't have tons of intimacy in their relationship. Maybe it's safe, maybe it's good, but like they haven't got that deeper connection. And I was talking with Nate a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that he pointed out to me, which I thought was really interesting, was he said that business and relationships are the two biggest proponents to massive growth. And sometimes you can grow in a relationship, and sometimes you grow because you leave a relationship. And uh, he actually helped me to understand something which was really powerful. He says that you know relationships aren't designed to make you happy relationships most people are looking for relationships in the 21st century to help them grow um, and you know whenever there is a conflict whenever there is a challenge whenever there's something that goes wrong you know it is your conversation with your partner in the hard times that's going to cause you to grow and kind of get to the next level or similarly if you end up breaking up with your partner it's that conversation with yourself that's going to help you to grow as well and I know in the last year the last two years with everything that's been going on with the pandemic one thing I've noticed is that a lot of people have had kind of this accelerated timeline in the way that they operate. And it's this accelerated timeline in business, in relationships. You know, you see relationships that usually would have played out over a three or a four year timeline um, being done in eight or nine months and having gone through the same exact journey because we are spending so much more time together because people are working from home more because there is more intensity and less, you know, distraction, less social interaction, less all of that stuff. Things seem to be happening a lot quicker. And a lot of people I've been speaking to recently have been going through some kind of struggle with themselves. And what I've been learning in the last few weeks about myself is that it's really in me that that sense of balance begins. And whether I decide to get with somebody else in the future or, you know, I decide to have a business relationship or a friendship or a, or a partnership, whatever it may be, everything starts with me. And it starts with that level of comfort that I have with myself. And so in the last few weeks, because of, you know, the breakup and because of all of the stuff, I decided to take a pause in my business. Now, I messaged everybody inside of my community and I was honest with them. And I said, hey, guys, you know, I love you. I want to be here, but I cannot serve you at the highest level right now because I can barely even think straight. Like I, I, I can't, you know, my head's not screwed on straight. And so I said, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. You know, I'm be back for a week at Christmas. I'm going to take another, you know, week and a half off at Christmas, two weeks. So you guys should do that as well. Um, and I first want to, if anybody in my community is listening, I just want to say thank you because you know, one of the things that I'm really, really grateful of is that everybody that is inside of my program, everybody that comes into this space is a very, um, they're very understanding and they're, they're human beings that, that understand what other people are going through. And I think they realize that in order for me to be able to serve at the highest level, I have to first be okay with myself. 
And I think there's a first lesson in that. And, and this is one of the first lessons that I really want to share is that so many of us feel this obligation to our clients, to our staff members, to our community, to whatever, to just keep going, keep producing, keep putting out, keep at it time and time and time again. And one thing I realized is that sometimes stopping and pausing and taking some time for yourself is actually a really important thing to do. Because when you're in it, if you aren't operating at 100%, whether it's because of a personal situation, your health isn't right, your relationships aren't right, your business isn't right, whatever it is, if you're just operating out of necessity instead of operating out of a desire and a you know, real dedication to enjoying the process, then you're just not going to be performing at the highest level. And sometimes taking a week 10 days, two weeks just for yourself to give yourself space, give yourself time, allows that space in your mind so that you can come back to the business with fresh eyes, fresh perspective, fresh ideas, you know, these fresh understandings of how you want to do things. And this has been really powerful for me. And I know there are a lot of people who are going through some things right now. And one thing I've noticed is that if you've built your business the right way, You should be able to go to your community, be transparent about what's going on, and then tell them what you need to do for you. And so this is one of the first takeaways I want from this episode is, you know, it's super important to always put yourself as the top priority. If you are a business owner, if you are providing for clients, whatever it is, it all begins with you. And if you're not right, the results in your business aren't going to be right. And sometimes you need to take that time to fix it and there may be fallout and there may be people that get upset and there may be people that, you know, become problems and you deal with that as and when, but you're going to be more equipped to deal with that if you've got that space inside of your mind. And so that's the very first thing I want to remind you guys about. Now, in the last two weeks, um, it's actually been an interesting ride for me. Um, I'm really aiming to be as transparent as possible um, going forward and really sharing with you guys the nitty gritty of you know, everything that goes on in my life because I, I believe in transparency. I believe in sharing you know, the truth of what's going on, even in my personal life. You know, so you guys can really hopefully relate to it. And, you know, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, before I quit my job, I actually had a really tough time with uh, alcohol and drugs. And uh, I haven't really openly talked about this much. I think I've talked about it once on an episode with Josh Forty on his podcast. But um, I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic or addicted to drugs. But like, if you looked at my behavior, it was consistently every single time I wasn't working, I wanted to go out and I wanted to get messed up and I wanted to lose myself in those moments. It didn't matter if it was cocaine or MDMA or, you know, ketamine or whatever was going around in the UK at that time. You know, if my friends could get their hands on it, we were going to go and, and, and go and do that. Uh, and I also found myself um, finding escapism in other forms, travel. I did a lot of travel. I spent a lot of time, you know, working for three weeks solid and then spending a week trying to get away. And sometimes I would go to these crazy party hostels and have weeks of, you know, alcohol and booze and sex and all of this crazy stuff that was going on. Um, and it was all really just to escape. It was to get away because I was feeling like I wasn't in the right place. And nowadays I have a little bit more self-awareness about the way I feel and the, the reasons why I do things. Back then I had zero self-awareness. I didn't know why I was doing those things. I just thought 
I was having fun. I just thought I was going out and doing those things. But there was actually some kind of trauma, some wound that was inside of me that I needed to fix. And the reason I share that with you guys is that uh, recently, in these two to three weeks that I've had off, I've noticed the pull to go towards those feelings of escapism. Um, whether it was, you know, a couple of nights ago where I actually ended up taking some MDMA with some of my friends and we had a great night and a great evening. But one of the things that was really interesting is one, my desire to escape from the feelings and therefore my openness to doing those drugs. Um, but also what was really profound is that when I experienced that and when I took MDMA, usually, and if you guys have never taken MDMA before, this is really interesting. Usually when I have taken MDMA in the past, it's kind of like a dance enhancing drug for me. Like if there's music playing, I'm getting on my feet, I'm dancing, I'm lively, I'm high energy, I'm, you know, going around, I'm, I'm energetic. And what was really interesting about this time is that I was actually very quiet. I was very subdued. Literally for the four hour experience, I did not say more than three or four words. And uh, my friends were here and, and they were talking with one another and they were connecting and they were, you know, going into these really deep, amazing conversations. They were dancing and I just felt heavy. I felt heavy. I felt like I couldn't talk. I felt like I couldn't get my words out. And, you know, I felt um, very, very strange. But I also got this deep sense of peace in that moment, which was great, which was, man, you know, it's okay to feel these feelings that I'm feeling right now. And as I came away from that experience, one of the takeaways that I got from it was, wow, I'm feeling um, really closed right now. And I feel like I need to find a way to open myself. It was almost like through that experience, it had um, actually shared and it created this, <laughs> this, uh, this result. It was like, okay, I'm feeling closed internally outwardly normally maybe i'm being chatty maybe being friendly but through using that drug it was like wow okay I, this is this is what's really going on is i am very closed emotionally right now and so over the next couple of weeks i i spent a little bit more time um you know working on myself and what that looked like was you know reading a couple of books i spent a lot of time walking um just getting out you know going to the beach going to the street if you guys need to you know, do whatever. It doesn't have to be on a beach, but I spent a lot of time walking, a lot of time just giving myself space. Um, I spent a lot of time reconnecting with old friends, whether that was just having a phone conversation, calling my mom, calling my dad, you know, really just reconnecting on that relationship level with people that really are important to me in my life. And I actually reconnected with, um, you know, one person who was a really great friend to me and I, I lost a lot of touch with them over the last year. And it's been really beautiful to reconnect with them and really get a sense of myself back. And they, they shared something the other day, which is, wow, you, you really seem like yourself again, where you weren't really yourself before. And I want to touch on that in a second later on in this episode about these kind of two selves of myself that I was noticing. The one self that is me when I'm in a relationship and then the other self, which is me when I'm actually more in alignment with who I am. Um, the, the self that is, you know, me as a person. And so as I went through these two weeks, um, I did some men's circles. Um, we did some breath work. Uh, I connected with a few different people. Uh, and I actually uh, hired um, a, a tantric sex coach, which is kind of bizarre. Never thought I would hire a tantric sex coach before. And the reason that I actually hired him was because um, one of the things that I noticed was that I was having some really big, strong pulls to pornography. 
And um, a lot of you guys may have experienced this. You may have not experienced it. Um, but I think it's something that happens to a lot of men. 100% happens to a lot of men. And maybe even a lot of women as well. I don't know. I haven't spoken to a lot of women about this. But um, one of the things that I noticed in my relationship in the last four or five months is that I've been a heavy pornography user. And, you know, what's happened through using a lot of pornography is it's really um, damaged a lot of the way that I think. Um, not necessarily the way I think about women, but probably that may be a, a portion of it. But actually the, the way that I interact. Um, and even today, you know, I'm sat down working. And one of the things that previously would have happened to me is maybe throughout the day, I may have, you know, watched pornography maybe once or sometimes twice throughout a day while I've been working. In the last two weeks, um, I haven't uh, actually looked at any pornography in about three and a half weeks now. Uh, I'm nearly a month sober, which is great. And I'm really excited about that. And um, there's been some huge profound changes in the way I feel about myself, the way I'm acting, the way I'm thinking, the clarity that I've had. But it was really interesting that as I've began this journey, a lot of people, they call this no fap. That's what they call it. Or, um, you know, some people go one step further. So no fap is just um, often deemed as not watching porn and not masturbating, uh, but you can still have sex. Uh, and then there's also um, semen retention, which is one step further, which is you, you don't orgasm either as a guy. And so I read up online about the benefits of this. I started reading up and watching YouTube videos about quitting pornography. And I came across this, this idea of semen retention. And somebody spoke to me about it in one of the men's circles that we've done as well. And he said that he'd recently been practicing, you know, not ejaculating, um, not actually uh, watching porn or masturbating. Uh, he was actually still having sex with somebody, but they, they weren't getting to the point of where he was ejaculating. And I was like, wow, that sounds crazy. And, and he started to talk to me about the benefits and how it's helped him and how it's affected him. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to give that a go. And so for uh, the last three, four weeks, um, I've been completely sober on that across the entire front. Um, and it's been really, really interesting. And this is one of the reasons that I hired the Tantric Coach is that he helps people connect a lot more with their sexual energy. And so well, first of all, he's helping me with reconnecting with my inner child. He's clearing a lot of the uh, blockages and pathways from when I uh, was actually born. Um, and also the, the third thing is he's teaching me about sexual transmutation, how to use sexual energy for other pursuits, whether that's business or relationships or, you know, uh, your personal goals. He's teaching me about how to transmute that energy and put it into something else. Um, and also how to be able to keep you know, your sexual energy, because men, when we ejaculate, we, we kind of release our sexual energy and, um, you know, it leaves us feeling drained. It leaves us feeling depleted. Um, and, you know, often what that results in is, you know, lower confidence and all of these other knock-on effects. And so over the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been really working on myself on keeping, um, you know, very focused on working on myself and not doing a lot of these practices. And what's been really interesting is I've noticed um, me becoming more of what I would consider my true self. Um, as a person, when I'm feeling 100% me, I'm usually very confident. I'm usually very outgoing. Um, I'm usually very willing and eager to meet new people. I can usually walk up to a group of people and say hello. I'm very good at holding eye contact. I'm very good at holding space for other people. I have this natural intrigue and curiosity. And one thing I noticed is in the last six months, I haven't really felt that way. 
Um, and even when I went to Funnel Hacking Live, which is an event that I love and I meet, you know, so many new people, I felt different this year. And I, and I, and I put it down to, I said, oh, it's probably because of the pandemic. It's probably because, you know, I haven't been going out. I haven't been meeting new people. I haven't been doing all of this stuff. But with the way I'm feeling today, if, I, if I'm being real with myself, I think it's probably because I was hooked and addicted to pornography and, you know, constantly getting that release and, and hyper levels of dopamine and, and going through that process. I think that's probably what made me feel that way. You know, a lack of confidence in myself, a lack of the ability to meet people's eye contact, the lack of confidence to go up and talk to new people. And if you're a guy that's listening to this and, and you feel like you're relating to any of this, I really, you know, encourage you to give it a go, you know, watch some videos, maybe um, try and learn a little bit more about this kind of no fat movement. But uh, it's actually something I plan on practicing for a really long time because the way that I feel is completely different. I feel re-energized and I feel in a really, really good place. And I want to learn more about this deeper, you know, understanding about my own body and, and to get a little bit more spiritual. And so as I've been going through this in the last two weeks, um, I actually uh, previously had been working with one of my own clients, um, Gloria Zhang. You can check her out on Instagram by Gloria Zhang. Give her a little plug there. And, you know, I hired her, which was which was great and also not great at the same time because, you know, when Gloria started working with me, she was charging much less. And one of the things that I helped her to do was massively increase her prices. And so I, I was laughing with her. I said, Gloria, oh, this is so funny because, you know, now I've taught you to increase your prices. This is going to be a lot more expensive for me. And so, you know, I paid her and we did a couple of sessions. And one of the very first things that she helped me to realize is that the reason why my relationship had gone the way it was, was not just because of Julia or not just because of me. It was a little bit of both of us, but there was a pattern that existed in all of my previous relationships. And when we dug in and started to learn about the way I act in relationships, and we started to dig into my own past trauma and we started to dig into the way I was as a kid and the way I was as I grew up, uh, I realized that there was a pretty heavy correlation. And um, usually you'll find that there are um, two main types of people out there as men. And this isn't just, there's lots of different variations, but you know, usually men either lean towards having a strong male sexual energy or they have a more of a feminine sexual energy. And I'm sure there's some people that are, you know, on that spectrum, you know, maybe a little bit into one or into the both or anywhere along that, that line, right? It's probably more of a spectrum than you're in one or the other. And one thing I've noticed about myself is that I have a lot of feminine energy, you know, um, and it was really interesting as I, as I talk more with these coaches, you know, masculine male sexual energy can often be described and pictured as, you know, to give you a really stereotypical example, um, men who have a lot of male masculine energy tend to be more driven towards purpose and less driven towards, um, you know, love and family values and relationships and things like that. Um, and then female, strong female energy tends to be more towards love um, and, you know, the, those feelings of um, connection versus respect and, you know, purpose, which is what a lot of the male masculine energy is. And what's really interesting nowadays is that there's been this very big shift where, you know, there aren't any guidelines anymore. Women are being more masculine in their energy. Men are being more feminine in their energy. There's been lots of changes and there aren't really, you know, as many stereotypes anymore. But one thing that I noticed is that 
when we started to learn a little bit more about these different types of energies is that I've always been a very feminine energy person. I've always found it easy to connect with women. I've always been more interested in a great rom-com and a love story and emotional storytelling versus going to the pub and watching a boxing match or a football match, you know, and you've probably seen those kind of guys who, you know, are there in, in that environment. They love the sports. They love the idea of dominating, of purpose, of winning. And then there are other people who have absolutely zero interest in that and would rather, you know, watch a great rom-com, um, that's me. Like I could watch about time 70 times in a row across a week and cry every single time. I think it's a beautiful story about a man's relationship with his father. So it's not always, you know, rom-com love stories. To me, that's a, that's a, that's a story about a connection with a dad and I, and I love it. And so realizing this um, and digging into some of my inner child trauma and learning a little bit more about myself has been really profound in helping me to one, understand who I am, but two, to reclaim a lot more of that masculine energy. And what I'm beginning to learn is that, you know, any kind of attraction in a relationship, sexually at least, uh, comes from polarity. It comes from two opposite sides of the spectrum, right? If one person is heavily masculine energy and one person is heavily feminine in energy, there is a lot of attraction from that. You know, I actually have a friend and she's been, you know, seeing a guy recently and, you know, he has completely polarizingly opposite views to her beliefs. And she said, it's the best sex she's ever had in her life. And I said, that doesn't surprise me. And we talked about it. And I said, well, you know, he's got completely opposite beliefs to you. That creates such a polarity. It's like a North and the South Pole, a, a, a magnet, right? You've got that different levels of polarity and it creates that, that kind of chemistry. And one of the things I've noticed in my relationships is that that chemistry that usually we have at the beginning of the relationship actually tends to dissipate over time. And the more I dig into my inner child trauma and I learn about this, the more I realize it's actually because of my own insecurities. It's because of what I'm fearful of. Uh, and it comes back to a lot of things that happened to me as a child. Um, and yesterday with this kind of new tantric sex coach, I, I had a, an inner child experience with him. He put me into a deep meditative trance you know we were he was talking me through he was giving me like this guided meditation and one of the things that he helped me to focus on was um you know I talked a lot about this feeling of being um like I need to take care of the person that I'm with in a relationship and I also talked about how when I was a kid I, I felt kind of lonely and he got me into this trance and he got me to visualize and I've never been able to remember this but he took me back and, and I started to tell him about this scene um, when I was in school. And I was about five years old. Uh, we, at the time, had done like some kind of nativity play or something like that. I remember it was in the evening and me and a couple of uh, the people I was with were all dressed up as sheep. There was three of us and we were in these little sheep outfits. And I can picture myself now as five-year-old me wearing a cute little sheep outfit. I remember going up to these two boys and wanting to be involved in whatever they were doing, whatever they were playing with. And I remember them not letting me and me being rejected. And yesterday as we sat with this experience and I was going through this guided meditation, you know, I dug really deep into those emotions. And what I, what I found out and what I got to was this understanding that I was very alone and being alone was uncomfortable. 
And just to give you guys some perspective of my childhood, you know, my parents, we, um, they ran a, a hotel and a restaurant in this tiny little village. There was a village nearby, which had about a thousand people that lived in it. And we lived three miles from that village in this tiny little, you couldn't even call it a village. There was our house and there was about 10 other houses spread out by about a mile radius. And that was it. Like there was, there was nobody lived there. It was this tiny little valley called the Candy. And my parents had a hotel and a pub and a restaurant down there. And it was really popular. You know, they made great food. A lot of people drove all the way out to come and visit. But there was nobody there. There was just one other kid who lived up the road. And this one other kid happened to be one of the kids that rejected me when I was five, which is interesting. And so when I grew up, I spent a lot of time alone. Now, I, I, when I think back to these memories, I think of me like running through the woods, playing by myself, you know, just really keeping myself entertained. I would occasionally have, you know, maybe another kid that came to the pub or whatever. I would sometimes go and, you know, visit some of my friends from school. I had a friend called Sean. I would spend a lot of time at his house. Um, but I was large, by and large, very alone um, when I was growing up. And my parents worked all the time. We had this amazing nanny called Dawn that looked after us, but they were also working all the time. And so when I got this rejection happening to me, you know, in school, you know, in this situation, you know, it created this, uh, this dis-ease, right? This, this unease of being okay with being alone. And what was really interesting is that, you know, in a lot of my relationships, women have said to me in, in the relationships I've been in with them, sometimes I feel like I can't leave you alone. Sometimes I feel like I need to be here with you instead of going and doing my own thing. I thought it was really interesting because I never vocally, consciously told them that I didn't want them to go. On the contrary, a lot of the time I said, hey, you should go. You should go out and be there. But there's something unconscious that was happening that made them feel like I need to be here with Jamie. He, he's going to feel alone. And so we did this, you know, experience yesterday. And, um, you know, he got me to visualize the adult version of myself talking to the child version of myself and, you know, being comforting, being supportive, saying sorry. But also in that moment, I'm telling him, hey, like, you know, this is affecting my relationships in the present day. This is affecting me today. And I can't let that happen anymore. And so I need you to know that it's okay to be alone. And he got me to, this is the most beautiful moment. I started crying when this happened. He said, I want you to visualize your friends today. And I want you to visualize your friends today coming and playing with the five-year-old version of you, you know, and, and having fun and being there as a friend. And I visualized this scene and then he, he got me to hug this younger version of myself and kind of absorb him into my body. It was very powerful. And so this is one of these kind of unaware trauma moments that happened to me when I was younger that I, that I couldn't remember. Um, and it's been a lot of these trauma moments. Another really significant memory and this may be you know a little bit too much to share but I, I feel like I've already gone this far I might as well be really honest with you guys you know another really big trauma moment for me was when I was 16 and my parents got divorced and my poor dad he just didn't know how to cope you know he was in this situation where he was so madly crazily in love with my mum. he didn't see it coming at all but she'd been unhappy for years and years and years and you know she told us she basically stayed in a relationship for us for the kids and uh, she didn't tell us then. She told me this years later. 
And so he was just struggling really, really hard. And there was this moment where, you know, he came home and my dad doesn't ever drink, like he never drinks. And he'd gone out and he got really, really drunk. Um, really interesting. It's this, you know, escapism, right? We want to escape from the reality. And he got really drunk and he came home and they had this, you know, huge argument at the bottom of the stairs. And um, I had to intervene. I had to step in. I put my mum in my room and I said, no, like, you know, I need to protect her in this moment. And it was this really powerful and, you know, really overwhelming moment where I saw my dad as somebody that could be potentially dangerous. You know, this was a man. And I said, you know, in my head, subconsciously, I was like, wow, men can hurt women. You know, and he never hurt her or anything like that. But I could see that it was possible in that moment. And I felt the need to protect her. And that's something that a child should never have to do. You know, a child should just be a child and just, you know, enjoy their life. They should never feel like they have to protect another person. And so the way I am in my relationships today, um, often I'm a, a really big people pleaser. You know, I feel like I have to manage the situation and I want the other person to be happy and I want to protect them. And some of this comes from the way my dad was growing up. No, uh, you know, everything was never good enough for him. And, and I always had to prove myself and sometimes he'd be in really bad moods. And so growing up, I learned to manage the situation because I felt like I needed to make sure that people were okay and that, you know, it wasn't going to blow up into this really big argument. And um, what was really interesting about this is that all of these different events coming together, I can see, you know, how they're shaping the way that I act inside of these relationships. And if you're listening to this right now, you know, and for you, it may be either very obvious what these things are for you, or you may have absolutely no clue what they are. I just want to encourage you to keep working at it. You know, around about nine months ago, uh, I took a, a little mini retreat for a week to a cabin in Monteverde, which is here in Costa Rica. And I took a week off and I, and I went to the woods and I, I read a book by Vishen Lakhiani called The Buddha and the Badass. And in that book, there was a lot of you know, work that it asked me to do to, you know, remember things that happened in my childhood and, and really the, the work that I'm doing now. And at the time I found it really difficult and I, I couldn't get anywhere close to any memories at all of anything that had gone wrong. And, you know, over the last year, it's taken me a little bit of time to get to the point where I'm really starting to understand this. So if it's not immediately obvious to you, you know, I think it's worth working at this because, the more you can understand about your programming, your subconscious programming that went into you as a child, and it, and it does for every single one of us, we have subconscious programming, the more you can understand that and the more you can resolve that, the more you can grow and therefore you can change your behavior. And so this might look uh, to some of you like improving your relationships. For me, what I really want to do with this is I want to be able to have healthy relationships. I want to be able to step into masculine energy. I want to be able to set boundaries with women and say no. I want to be able to actually be okay with them going and doing their own thing and not feel like, you know, vulnerable or like I need to protect them or like I'm, you know, missing out on something. Um, and I also want to really get into a good space where I can, I can be my full self without feeling like I need to be another person in a relationship. And with all the work that I've been doing, one of the things that's become really apparent to me is that when I'm fully me, when I'm single, whenever I'm just, you know, in the zone that is me, I tend to live my life to the full version of myself. 
And sometimes I go too far off the deep end and I drink and I do drugs and all of that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time, you know, I'm, I'm living the full vibrant version of myself. But when I go into a relationship, all of that fear creeps in. I feel like I need to protect the other person. I feel like I need to take care of them. I feel anxious. Um, and, I, and I become a, a very, very different person. And this kind of different person is very feminine in energy, not very masculine in energy. And, you know, that creates usually a very safe environment for the relationship, but it doesn't create a lot of that polarity, that, that interest. And therefore my relationships suffer because of it. And a lot of you guys may know this as, as kind of like nice guy syndrome, right? Like a lot of us get that way. What I'm learning is that a lot of that is just down to the programming that I have. And the more I'm doing this work on the inner child and the more I'm accepting and really letting myself be okay with discomfort, letting myself be okay with this new way of going out there, the more I'm realizing that once I do that work, it's going to impact me far beyond just my relationships, but my life and my trajectory overall. And so as I focus more on this masculine energy for myself, and I focus more on really just getting in connection with, with who I am and the way that I feel, you know, I'm personally trying to, you know, spend more time with friends. I'm going out and surfing. Well, I'm not surfing just yet because my ear's still recovering, but very soon I'm going to start surfing and I'm doing some surf skating, which is really fun to improve my surfing ability. And, you know, taking time away and, and quitting porn has been really helpful and really spending a lot of time, um, you know, on just being, you know, just being me and really trying to understand what I want in life and putting myself as the priority. And so many of us, you know, we struggle with this. And, and there was a great quote by Will Smith that I heard one time, which is, you know, it's, he said, it's my responsibility for me to be happy and it's my wife's responsibility for her to be happy. And then we can come together and share our collective happiness with one another. And I think there's something really profound and powerful in that, in that, you know, in order to be the best version of yourself, you have to be yourself, right? You have to start off by being you and then you can be a better version of yourself. And for me, I think in relationships in my past, I've definitely lost myself in them. And so this is one of my personal challenges and one that I'm really excited to kind of embark on and kind of get back to it. And so I know we talked about a lot of variety of things on this particular podcast episode today. I'd be very curious to know you guys' thoughts and feedback based on this episode. What did you like? Was there anything you didn't enjoy? Were you surprised about what I told you? Is there, you know, something that you can relate to in your own life? Just reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Jamie Atkinson, J-A-M-I-E-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. And shoot me a message. You know, I really want to hear from you guys because I think, you know, sometimes in business, we get very wrapped up in the doing, the doing, the doing, the consistency and making sure we do all of the right things. But sometimes I think it's important to take a break and take that moment to reflect so that you can recharge, refocus and make sure that you're going in the right direction. And so I don't know what the future holds for me. I don't know what's going to happen over the coming weeks. I'm definitely still in the healing process and going through this. But I wanted to share this with you guys because some of the big realizations that I've got from this last couple of weeks is really about understanding that it's you know important to put yourself first. And the more you put yourself first, often the more powerful your relationships can be really become. And in the long game, I think it's going to make you much happier. Um, and I can see myself, you know, in six months time or 12 months time, having done the hard work, having done the challenging thing, really being in a much, much better place. Um, and I'm super excited about that journey. And I'm really excited about the next year 
to really just be more transparent with you guys. You know, one of the things that people really seemed to like about me when I first started podcasting was that I shared the complete unadulterated truth exactly of how I was feeling, exactly what I was going through. And people really resonated with it. And so I really want to get back to that while at the same time helping you guys to overcome some of the mindset challenges and the growth that's required to, you know, be successful in your respective field, but at the same time, not losing sight of yourself. And I think that's super important. And so I'm going to be doing more episodes coming up about, um, really some deeper stuff, you know, about how business went in the last year, how, you know, maybe not pushing myself to grow actually impeded the business this year. And some of my takeaways and lessons, I'm also going to be doing a roundup episode, which is the all of the biggest takeaways from 2021 kind of wrapped up together in a podcast episode. And then we'll be getting back to some of our shorter form content, helping you guys really understand how to get to the next level in your business and with your podcast. But for now, I'm super grateful that you guys have been here and listening to this episode. I would love to hear your feedback or thoughts or feelings. Again, just hit me up at Jamie Atkinson on Instagram with those. Um, and I, I would really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for being here. I hope you guys have an absolutely amazing day. Uh, I'm going to catch you on the flip side. All right, guys, take care. Have an amazing one. I'll see you on the next episode.